0: It truly is great to be part of church, in the building and church online. So wherever you are today, would you join me as we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the relationship we have with you through Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray today in these moments that we share together that your word will come alive and that we indeed will be a church on fire for you, and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. This month of June, we celebrate our 23-year anniversary at Faith Community Fellowship. Usually, it's a time when we reflect on the history of this church. When we think about those who have come and those who have worked, those who have stayed, those who have served, and those who have stood shoulder to shoulder for the great cause of the gospel. And of course, those of you and those of many others who helped make this church what it is today. Just so many, many wonderful memories. So together this month, it's fitting that also we are celebrating our homecoming to our building right here. Hey, even if your life has been a little tossed around lately, even if your home life today is somewhat in shambles, and even if your family is being challenged by what seem to be insurmountable odds right now, we lovingly extend to you an opportunity to reconnect with God and with His people. Just look around you today, wherever you might be, and recognize or picture in your mind those familiar faces, people who have journeyed alongside you at Faith Community for many years. Remember those experiences. Remember those special moments in times past and those things that made you smile that sweet smile, and then smile again. Appreciate the many faces. Appreciate the many gestures of love and the greetings. And thank God for all the souls, both new and familiar, that are among us today in person and online. Make it your mission to make a new friend or to renew an old acquaintance. But most important of all, Redirect your thoughts toward a God who has been faithful to bring you to another homecoming season post lockdown, post social unrest, and relaunch of active services at faith community. So, my friends, whether you are coming or going or already there, I offer this simple message to you. Welcome. Home. It's time, church. It's time. Yes, it's time to celebrate homecoming. Hey, faith community has had its peaks and its valleys, but through 23 years, we have persevered, we have run the race set before us, and we've learned how to move on. From glory to glory and all to the glory of Jesus, our dear Savior. You know, in history, the entire existence of the church, that is the body of Christ, has had its valleys. God's people have been discouraged, not just once in a while, but often. And uh, these early Hebrew Jesus followers that we will meet today, well, life had trampled them to the point of rejecting their faith in Christ. Their doubts had basically overtaken them. You know, we often speak of someone in an athletic contest who gets trampled by his or her opponent. Man, it's discouraging to get trampled. Have you ever been trampled by life? I mean, have you ever been trampled maybe by a boss or or by a colleague? Have you ever been trampled by somebody, I mean, you thought was going to be there for you and be your friend? I mean, I run into trampled people all the time. Well, so did the writer of the book of Hebrews. I want to read a few verses, and if you would follow along, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, down near the end of the chapter, verse 39, and actually on into chapter 12, the first two verses. And we're going to be looking at a lot of verses in the book of Hebrews today. And so I begin at Hebrews eleven thirty-nine, 39, where it says, These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance or patience the race marked out for us, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and then sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So, to encourage a group of trampled Christians, the Hebrews 11 writer presents to us a kind of spiritual homecoming scenario. He gathers together the names of those who have faithfully passed the legacy of faith on to the next generation. He reflects on the lives of those heroes and heroines of the faith, and you can read all about that. In Hebrews chapter 11, you start right at the beginning and read the first 32 verses, and you're going to be reading a tremendous history He talks about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham. He talks about Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. He even talks about Moses and Rahab and Gideon and Barak. And he talks also about Samson, Jephthah, David, and Samuel. Those were dear ones who kept faith alive in their generation, even though it meant great personal sacrifice to every one of them. You know the same is true for us today in this generation. We too must keep the faith alive and vibrant. Paul wrote to Timothy, and he, and he said these words, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. That's 2 Timothy 4, 7. So at the end of his life, Paul said, in essence, all my life has been like a fight or like a race. You know, if you can say this spiritually, you probably are on the right road. Can you say this in your commitment to his church? Will you labor selflessly for Christ? Are you trusting God's promises, walking by faith in the Son of God, and resting in the easy yoke of Jesus? Can we say as a church in Faith Community's anniversary month, day and night, by every means graciously given to us, we will fight the good fight and run the race of perseverance? Hey, if this is your church, your ministry, your passion, then it is the Christian life you are called to live. In 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12, Paul says, Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. And then he explains it, but he explains it in the two verses previous, verses 10 and 11. He says, Flee the love of money flee all of this and pursue righteousness godliness faith love perseverance gentleness i want you to note the two words that are dominant here flee and pursue flee the love of money and all the evils that grow out of that pursue faith and love and perseverance. Friends, these are the words of spiritual battle. Flee, pursue. And we should know nothing of coasting Christianity here in this great age of grace. No, the author of the letter to the Hebrews didn't want to know anything of it either. That's why the main point in this dynamic text is the imperative of Hebrews 12, verse 1, where the writer says, let us run the race set before us. It seems that we all, whether individually or corporately, we are constantly battling the tendency to coast. The Hebrew Christians had gotten tired. A lot of time had passed since they were first fired up for Jesus. It's been 500 years since the Promised Land experience. In Hebrews 10, 32 and 33, we read, Remember those earlier days after you had received the light, when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. And we should... On this day of homecoming for our church, never forsake the assembling, the fellowship, the gathering together to honor and glorify Jesus in and for the cause of Christ. Hebrews further tells us in chapter 5, verse 12, Though by this time you ought to be teachers, Wow, you need someone to teach you again. And the meaning here is that there was no growth in the believers. Their faith was getting stagnant. They were now getting content with coasting through their salvation. Church committed Jesus' follower. We can ill afford to do likewise. They had begun to coast and As the book of Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 says in that very famous verse, do not neglect so great a salvation. The situation is very serious and the writer suggests that some are showing their faith is phony and and they've tasted the powers of the age to come in vain. Chapter 6 verse 5. Faith Community turns 23 this month. I guess to some, well, we've been around a long time. Let me say, oh, how easy it is for a church to get tired and to begin to coast, or to get diverted with mere maintenance ministries, or to get careless in spiritual vigilance, or to quench the Holy Spirit with passionless, dead, dutiful religious exercises. Oh, how real is the danger. And the book of Hebrews was written to keep it from happening. And so the writer says in Hebrews 3.12, See to it, brothers, that is, fight the fight and run the race, that none of you have a sinful, unbelieving heart, That turns away from the living God. If this arises, then what should we do? Hebrews 12 12 through 14. Therefore, strengthen your feeble knees, your uh, feeble arms, and weak knees. Here's what we're to do in this celebratory year that's ahead of us make level paths for our feet. So that the lame in spirit may not be disabled, but rather come to healing. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and women and to live holy before God. You see, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. There it is. Run the race, fight the fight, pursue peace, pursue holiness. You see, Hebrews 12, verse 1, is sort of a trumpet call. It's a warning gun that the last laps are are starting. See your life, then, as a race to be run with passion and zeal and energy and, and discipline. God says, lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely or so easily distracts. And he meant, get serious about this race. So I want you today to test yourself. Take a moment right now. Are you running? Or are you coasting? You can get right back in the race today. How? Verse 1 says, by throwing off weights and sins. That means getting things out of your life that make you more worldly-minded and putting things into your life that will make you more God-minded or heavenly-minded. It means praying without ceasing. It means hiding God's word in your heart and meditating on it. It means exhorting one another to godliness all the time. It means taking up your cross daily for Him. It means reckoning yourself dead to sin and putting to death The deeds of the body. It means plucking out the eye of lust, that is fleeing fornication, and cutting off the hand of covetousness, and yielding your members, your your body, as instruments of righteousness, and presenting your bodies as living sacrifices unto Him, and putting on the whole armor of God, and resisting the devil, taking every thought captive to obey Christ. The great danger of every aging church and every aging organization and every aging person, so namely, that's all of us, is this. We might begin to coast instead of run. So what I'd like to do is direct us to three motivations for this race as faith community embarks on year 24. God does not call us to meaningless exhausting drills like laps around a field that get us nowhere or to meaningless worship services to just go through the motions or to singing praises just to fill some time. He calls us to a race that has a great goal. It has many great goals. Goals that have powerful incentives along the way. And so... First motivation is looking to witnesses. Hebrews 12, verse 1, Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. You see, as we run the Race at Faith community and Church Online, there is a big, dense crowd of saints pressing in on the track. Throughout all of Christendom, they've been there and they've preceded us. They have strived, and now we strive today. The hero saints of Hebrews chapter 11, along with those Christians who've gone before us, dear Christian friends they were, who by their character, their poise, their dedication to God and His church, and to the gospel message for what it stands, have run the race and not coasted. They finish their race, they circle around, and they press into the crowd along the route where we are running today. Now here, right here, is the motivation. And you say, how is this supposed to motivate us? How does this motivate us, you ask? Two ways real quickly. One, it can be done. Yes, it can be done. And second, it will be done. You see, we are running the race, and we look out into the crowd, and we realize that every one of those who have finished the race have set the example and have blazed the trail ahead of us. And then we feel, ah, it can be done. It can be done. And... It will be done. And so, we'll look at all that in part two of this message later on. But for now, praise the name of Jesus. And remember, you are loved. And welcome home.